Ahoy there, landlubbers! Whispers in the Sea is an actual play series drawing elements from stories of fantasy horror, political drama, and swashbuckling action and adventure pirate stories. As such, a list of content warnings will always be made available in the description. How was the excursion? We got the thing that leads to the next thing. We got taken out by a bunch of rider seals at one point, so if you see anything or feel anything snickering around, let me know. Dreadful things, I wouldn't want them aboard, but such is the reality of being at sea. Um, I imagine it might be particularly uncomfortable for you to have some kind of pest. Oh, I've got pests all around me. Katarina, you are in grave danger. Or were before. I guess I, I, I have a, a question. Did it happen to uh, involve Felix? I don't know of Felix's involvement. All I saw was your dismembered head in a black abyss. That sure is something. You're telling me. Eldoras, as you fly down here and you see Thorin and Bryn are talking. And Katarina. You can see that they are talking to someone. But for some reason, you can't make out any detail of who this person is. That's enough. And just like, just like takes her fist and like slams her hand into her own like chest. And you hear like a crack and snap as two holes open up in the deck and Avery and Felix fall through. You know, most people just, just come and find someone when they want to talk to them. What the hell, Bryn? Well, for one, I work for the Sparrows. Felix, what are these Sparrows? Assassins. They hired me to kill Katarina. Yes. And they do not take kindly to unfulfilled contracts. So I I had to get creative. Head Bonk. falls in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the circle. Head falls in the middle of the circle. And Felix goes like, yeah, like that. Explain the powers that be behind it. It's quite a craft. He's a, he's a spirit of some sort. Some sort of presence something something old I'm scared i know he's listening to this i know he's hearing everything i'm saying everything he probably doesn't want me to say and he is always here next time he comes knocking you tell him that i'd love for the three of us to have a chat also love to offer any services in that case i see cats out of the bag felix has spilled his guts to all of you a wonderful assassin. I'm sure you're all wondering why I've gathered you here today. We're not working together. If you ever want that, then we're going to have to learn more about each other. That's how this works. That's just reason. I was here before the cathedral, and I'll be here long after. Then what use have you of my knowledge? You believe Felix is the only one whom I have communed with? I accept this deal. What does it look like for me? You have a name, and you lose a piece of meteorite pulls out the vial of remaining ichor is like, would this suffice for you? This should do. The oh, smoke no. kind of like swirls around you almost as if caressing you and then moving uh-huh. down your arm, enveloping your hand where the vial is. And then it just <sighs> falls away back down to the ground. Felix Gornian, you no longer owe me the meteorite arrow. And as for the name of the one Ask me for this information, for power. Concert master Cassius Morgan the third. What the fuck?
Hoi there, sailors, and welcome to another episode of Tales Yet Told, an actual play podcast dedicated to telling weird and fun stories full of imagination, thoughtful characterization, and inclusivity. I am your most humble of captains, uh, your game master, your your uh, your lawyer, uh, and I and I'm here to tell you uh, that uh, you should probably plead guilty. This case is fucked. Your case is fucked. They've got everything on you. Oh, no. <laughs> but in the meantime, you can call me Kendrick or Kendo, whichever you prefer, because I be using them they-he pronouns. And with me today are the saltiest sea dogs this side of Kelidora. Gus. Uh, yeah, I'm Gus. I use he-him pronouns. I will be playing Felix, the one you all know and love. This is in and out of universe, but does anyone uh-huh. love Felix, actually? I, I don't I, know. I love I Felix. Yeah, Felix Dude. is dope. Yeah, he's a good boy. And Thorin literally just said that he genuinely does care and love Felix at the end of the last episode, so... You say you love him, but do you really know him? I mean... That's so true. That's so true. So true, right? How much can one really know a person? I love Felix the way I love big, big, big train derailments. (laughs) (laughs) Where you just can't take your eyes away from him. <laughs> you know who else I can't take my eyes away from? Hilda. Oh well, that was oh, weird. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm rocking and rolling with it. Rock and roll, rock with it. That's fine. All right. I was right here, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I've stepped in a bit of a puddle. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> That's me. I'm Hilda. Um, I use she her pronouns. I will be playing Avery per usual, who uses he him pronouns and is. A good boy. Ah, uh, yes. You know who else is a good boy? Ellis. I don't know about that. But <laughs> my name is Ellis. I use they, them pronouns. I will be portraying Thorin and Eldorus, who use he, him pronouns and she, her pronouns, respectively. Amazing. Hmm. Well, uh, you know who else uses she, her pronouns? Wait, uh, wait. Yeah, she, her pronouns, <laughs> respectively. <laughs> Respectively, yeah. Marceline. I'm Beverly Scrock Douglas, attorney at law. (laughs) Is this you preparing for for speculation in the saloon? (laughs) You got yourself in a case, and I I got the combination. Don't you mind me. I'm playing Bran, and she she's a little ghost. You're so right. Well, thanks for that, uh, Bethany <laughs> Scrunk Douglas. That was that was uh, Bethany. 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 So of course. Sorry. I'm sorry. Come on, Gus, get it right. <laughs> this is another episode of Whispers in the Sea. Our uh, our campaign uh, at this point. It's not a mini arc. I lied at the start of this, as I often do. I guess. This is our pirate campaign where we are playing Rapscallion, the TTRPG by Whistler. We're still playing the Ashcan edition, but you can find the quick start uh, somewhere over on Magpie's website. Uh, It's a good game, and we would be playing the quick start, but we started with the Ashcan, so you gotta wait for season two, um, by which point the full game's probably out by now. What is an Ashcan? An Ashcan is at a very early stage of a game that has its bare minimum, like, t- like mechanics and stuff you need to play. And it's uh, just a good way to, you know, 
uh, format the game, get it out so that people can play it, do some play testing on it. It's the bones. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the bones, the foundation of it. This was learning time on Tales Yet Told. We love good, good game bones. My brain is fucking getting so big nowadays. That's crazy. <laughs> we can fit so many tails in there. We're going to fit tails in your brain now. Uh, yep. Uh, but first, the waves. Our camera fades in on the lower decks of the Bois Purdue. The six of you, Thorin, Felix, Avery, Bryn, and Eldorus, and Katarina, have just finished your conversation with the ancient smoke spirit, Damien, who has seeped away back into the shadows and corners of this ship as the smoke seeped away through the floorboards. And Felix has finally uttered the name of the spirit to all of you. You feel once again the rocking of the ship and the waves of the ocean. You hear the light commotion of the people from up above who are finishing off their dinners, getting ready to close up shop for the day, go to bed, rest, and prepare for whatever adventure there is tomorrow. But for all of you, this stillness feels a lot more than just the preparation for the adventure tomorrow, but perhaps the opening of a much larger book full of a lot more secrets and machinations of people far more powerful than you could have ever imagined, and a lot more entangled into your messes than you could have imagined. What's going on through everybody's heads right now as you all sit here in the kind of stillness of the aftermath of the conversation? Um, I think Avery is still a little bit in shock, um, having heard his his father's name uttered by this, this smoke demon and uh, finding out that his father has been in cahoots with said smoke demon. Mm-hmm. It's, it's simultaneously shocking and unsurprising. You know, that strange dichotomy of like, of course they did, but also like, I can't fucking believe they did that. Yeah. So yeah, just, just still kind of wrapping my head around the information that I've gotten and deciding what I'm supposed to do with it. Understood. Thorin mentioned casually uh, after the reveal that Domian was working with Gassius Morgan, that, you know, he had heard some rotten things. But Thorin knows that he has done more than just hear terrible things. He's seen them, felt them, and as brave of a face as he's trying to put on, he looks petrified. And he looks over at Avery with this gentleness as terror also just vibrates through his core. Mm -hmm. Felix? Felix is also kind of in a state of shock. Not not really shock, but more he's he's kind of exhausted in the way one would be just from a from a day that is has been so incredibly stressful. It's taken a lot out of him. He wasn't sure if he was going to like 
see all of his crewmates, you know, die or or something or or, you know, he he didn't know what to expect at any moment. And coming down from that is 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 quite the ordeal. And Bryn, uh, how uh, how are you feeling right about now? I think Bryn is kind of realizing the full totality of Felix's situation because Bryn's known about like Damien and Bryn is kind of known like Felix's somewhat situation, but kind of taking a moment to really just ruminate on what that is, and what that's like for Felix. I think more than anything else, Bryn's mind is focused on to Avery and how within the matter of a few days, it seems that like this person who is just kind of this new face on the ship, this person who kind of was a little timid and meek and didn't have much to say has unfolded and become like this powder keg of intrigue on the vessel. Like every everyone seems to have like something that ties themselves to this person and probably not in the best way possible. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think Brynn is sitting there like, why does everything keep going back to this, this, this dude, like this, this fucking fella? I think as the six of you are kind of like stewing a little bit in the stillness of this and like finally like really taking in everything that has just happened, you hear some footsteps coming down the stairs as... Captain Hano rears around the corner, uh, coming from above deck. She has like a bowl of of gumbo uh, in hand, and like a, a spoonful of it in her mouth as she comes down. Takes like the last couple of steps, like down onto the landing, turns, sees all of you, like looking like you're at a funeral, um, <laughs> and uh, she goes, "Oh, uh, hey." Uh, you all good down here? I heard from some of the crew up there that um, some holes opened up on the ship. People were falling through. Some people said they saw a head drop down a couple of floors. Avery is just going to like sigh and leave to go back to his room. Before you do that, Eldoris is asleep in your bag in her spot. Mm. When you get up to leave, Thorn will say to you, Won't you keep her with you, lad? It's a safe place for her. Avery completely forgot that Eldorus was in his bag, to be honest. Probably just grabbed it and was like, Oh, yeah. That also works. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> will more gently put it over his shoulder and uh, just give Thorin a nod and will, yeah, start exiting, going back to his room. You pass by Hano. All of you see Hano's like head and eyes track and follow Avery as he silently like just grabs his stuff and then looks back to everyone else and goes, all right, I get the sense that something potentially bad has happened. Is there anything I need to know? It wasn't particularly good, but not awful. Um, we've learned a few new things about our little friends and about ourselves. Okay, self-discovery is good. I'm glad you all had time to chat, you know, uh, be able to get to know a little bit more about each other. You know, that helps bond us together as a crew and all. Hearing Hano say that, Thorin stands up at a start, shaking, and he says, "Uh, uh, Captain, Yes. I think 
Bryn will be able to help you understand what's come to pass. I, uh, I need to go to sleep. Good night. And leaves. Of course, Thorin. And you pass on by her as well. Okay. And I think, like, just, like, with the turn of events, she just kind of naturally looks to Katarina next. And, Kat- <laughs> <laughs> and Katarina. Katarina. <laughs> who's sitting in the corner, <laughs> trying her best not to look at the floating sphere that she knows is holding a decapitated version of her head. Mm-hmm. I think, like, as I, whenever Hanna looks over, Bring her goes, Hanna, it's funny you ask. To be honest, uh, the head actually belongs to that dear lady in the corner. And, um, like, reaches into the, the orb and, like, pulls out the head. What the f- Okay. No, that's, yeah, yeah, cool. I mean, nothing, not a hair on her head has been, well, I guess this head what? has been harmed. But a hair <laughs> on her head seems fine, I suppose. Um, Felix has gotten quite crafty with his illusions. Felix, you... You made this. Uh, <laughs> Felix is just avoiding eye contact. Oh no, I don't. I don't think it was Felix. It was rather his shadowy friend of sorts. I suppose a lot has transpired here. I think okay. it's best we all go to bed. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. That. That makes sense. Sure. <laughs> okay. I think um, Brain kind of starts standing up and like. Kind of like starts like it kind of claps uh, her hands together, like dusting them off, and like the all like all like the sigils like kind of dissipate and go away, like all the all like the you know what I mean like all like the the fuchsia and teal that was in the room like dissipates and kind of like walks towards Hanno's like I suppose we'll be uh, tip top in the morning, yeah, and uh, kind of like pats like Hanno on the shoulder, then uh, uh, floats up through the floorboards and like back up to the crow's nest. What do you do with the head? I uh, leave it. It's it's sitting there. <laughs> you just dropped it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like Felix. Felix still needs the head, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's just on the floor. It's yeah, still there. it's in there for you to. <laughs> okay, yeah. I love. I just love that this this interaction was just. Bryn was like, "Hey, look at this head," and then like, <laughs> and then just the, dropped the, it. The very <laughs> logical response was. All right, tell me about the head. And Bryn was like, I don't want to talk about the head. I'm tired. Sleep on it. <laughs> and you float up, leaving Katarina and Felix in this oh room with Captain Hano. As Captain yeah. Hano just kind of stares blankly at the decapitated head at her feet. I I think I think Felix I think Felix just picks up the head and walks away. <laughs> You walk up the stairs, leaving Captain Hano and Katarina here on the bottom of the ship. And I think our camera Lee stays here for a second as Hano is still staring in the space where the head was. Yeah. And Katarina's still sitting in the corner where she was. And Captain, like after like a beat, our camera sees Captain Hano just look up look over towards Katarina and go, well, uh, get some rest. Big day tomorrow. Takes a bite of gumbo and walks upstairs. I, I just lo- I love the aura of like everyone just being like, yeah, we... You had to be there. Just like, we gotta go. <laughs> we, we gotta, gotta go. go. <sighs> and our camera stays in the room for a moment, watching Katarina. 
who's sitting on a crate in the dark as the camera slowly zooms in on her face, twisted in confusion, in disgust still at like the image of her own rotting head and this deep sense of, it's not fear. She's not like, there is no, like, I, I, I think of fear as being like something that generally like has like, you know, a, a source, right? There is a thing that you are afraid of. And that is like, you know, that, that that's where that is coming from. It's not fear necessarily. It's, it's, Almost like this dread. Yeah, it's like this foreboding dread of like, there is so much happening. So much I don't understand. And now I'm tied up in all of this. And as our camera gets closer and closer to that pained face, we get a match cut to Felix holding the decapitated head as like are you hiding it as you're walking up the stairs like to your bunk felix or um like half hiding <laughs> it like kind of like the, the to the point where like if someone was like was really like oh i want to see what felix is carrying you know everyone's talking about you know yeah did you see that head and then some people are being like yeah i think felix has the head and i i thought i thought i saw felix carrying the head not really, not really sure. Yeah. So as you walk up uh, to the uh, the crew quarters where your bunk is, uh, describe to us how Felix prepares for this ritual. As also other people are also in here getting ready for bed. Some people have already gone to bed, but everyone sees you walk in here carrying this head. I think Felix just finds like a cloth of some kind and just like just just hastily just kind of wraps the head in in the cloth Mm -hmm. and he takes it and he lies down and he's going to sleep if anyone is is you know staring at him they are he is paying yeah he's he's paying them no mind if anyone like says anything to them i think he just glares Mm -hmm. he is he is fully communicating like i am not here to talk about this right now yeah 100 percent. and people stay out of your way you have proved you have shown yourself enough to have be a person that people don't really ask questions disturbing things may happen around you and it's just best to let it happen i guess you're definitely yeah. getting a lot more stares than you were before though as you wrap the head up throw your blanket over you lay down and like you hear the whispers. People are people are are not subtle about it. Yeah. Yeah. But eventually the whispers fade. People slowly get into their nighttime routines and Felix you find yourself asleep. And you dream that night. You dream of a forest. Dark and foreboding, fog clinging to the grass. All around you are the chirps, and the whistle, and the flapping of wings of a thousand thousand birds, unseen but very much heard. You're standing here in this forest, a path in front of you as this fog splits almost unnaturally, carving a path through the forest and forward. 
As you follow this path through this dark wood, you find yourself upon a clearing where the fog clinging to the ground encircles a plot of land where no grass grows, but sticks, twigs, branches, and leaves that have fallen from trees, been gathered and collected, create a floor on the forest ground in front of you. And far ahead along this strangely, almost nest-like paving of this path, there is a set of stairs similarly made out of this twig work construction leading up to a giant nest overlooking a cliff into a void of fog where far, far away past the cliff, a spire of dark stone stands tall in the fog and atop that, a second nest whereupon you see the silhouette of a humongous bird, the size of 10 ships, eyes gleaming in unseen light, staring down to where you are. And here, upon the altar of Mother Grey Eye, is where you know you must place your trophy. In your hands is the head of Katarina. What do you do? You know, I, you know, he's, um, he's done this before. I think we talked about it's a trophy of some kind. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a body part. And that's not typically what he, what he goes for. Yeah. And, you know, he's done this before. I think other than maybe his very first time, he has never done, done this with such trepidation. Mm-hmm. You know, he is, he's not, he's not certain that, that Damien's, you know, magic is going to be convincing. Um, but he doesn't really have much of a choice. So I think he I think he almost like when he sets the head down, he he like looks away while he's doing it as if like, you know, if, if something if something is going to go wrong, if something bad is, is going to happen, he doesn't he doesn't want to see it. He doesn't want to see it coming. As you turn away from Mother Grey Eye, Walking down the steps of the airy altar, you hear from behind you her call as it echoes out into the void and through the forest, and you hear the cawing of other birds growing louder, their flapping growing louder as a murmuration of dark birds fly out from the forest and surround this area almost like a tornado of them. And they focus their sights on the altar and fly around it. And the kind of, if you've ever seen like a murmuration, it has almost this kind of strange, like liquid or fabric-like quality to the way that it moves and waves. And as they encircle it and fly around and move almost as if a strange sphere of feathered fabric moving about it. You can hear the sounds, though you do not see it. The sounds of the ripping of flesh, the tearing and gnawing and clawing as birds fight each other as they tear apart the head behind you. 
you do not see the gore. But as some of them fly away, you see flecks of blood being splattered against the wood below you as bits and pieces fall out of their claws and beaks as they fly away. It's seconds, but it feels longer. And then as you take your final steps down from the altar, you hear rustling from the forest in front of you as a figure steps out. Large, dignified, feathered as an ostrich with this long, elegant neck and colorful plumage walks out towards you with confident steps. And it gets to be about like, maybe like five feet away from you. And you see as it stares at you, kind of cocks its head a little bit. Is this typical? Yeah. Oh, okay. As you kind of stand there and it like stares at you for a second, you just hear, as like you can see the bulge in its neck as something as it's trying to gag up something <laughs> it is not elegant and it is not it is not gorgeous it is not beautiful in any way shape or form you are watching as this ostrich chokes out something as spittle and blood and its feathers become far less like quaffed and like rustles its feathers as it <clears throat> and it coughs out a coin purse onto the ground in front of you. It takes a moment, <laughs> shakes its feathers, kind of grooms itself a little bit, and then turns around and walks back into the forest. Felix uh, picks up the coin purse, and uh, I feel like uh, I feel like maybe uh, brushes some some stomach slime off of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've just received four guild. Uh, okay. For uh, for. Uh, successfully completing and uh, somewhat discreetly uh, as in uh, there's not been like a lot of word about this like murder having happened, you know? Um, Yeah. So uh, you've successfully done it. I think Felix has a lot of money. Yeah, he does. I'm at nine guild. Yeah, you are. You got a lot of money. That's cool. Yeah. I should spend it. (laughs) As you stand there holding your money, you wake up. And it's morning, everyone, here on the Bois Purdue. Yippee! Can I can I say that the cloth that Felix had wrapped the head in is now like in place of the head is the is the coin purse? Oh yeah, yeah 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 one yeah one hundred percent. That's what happens. Yeah, I think as as Felix is waking up, if there like if there's if there's someone like staring at him, and he's he, he just like holds up the. Uh, the the cloth and then unwraps it. One hundred percent. There's there's someone there's someone who's like sharing like the bunk that's like parallel to yours, like like a couple of feet away. Who like they've been awake for like a little bit and have just been like staring at you, being like, "What the fuck is he doing with his head?" And then you like <laughs> unravel <laughs> unravel it, revealing money in like a coin yeah. purse. <laughs> And their eyes just grow wide, and they're like, "What the fuck?" He just he just like holds up the the coin purse and just says, "I don't know what you thought this was." Just gaslighting. Are you gaslighting just this gaslighting. man? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm gonna need you to parlay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gonna need you to hoodwink. <laughs> okay. Okay. okay, okay. You, yeah, I need you to roll to gaslight. 
<laughs> oh my god. Okay, wait. Roll plus polish. All right, that's a three. A three? <laughs> that's a three. Oh, we'll take experience. My shit. <laughs> this game is fun. You see this person, like, you just tried to pull this off, like, it was money the whole time. Uh, is like, still, like, under their cover, staring at you, eyes wide, and then they just flip around in bed and, like, throw the covers <laughs> over there. <laughs> this, it went from, like, Felix is like, oh, I'm gonna, like, try to convince this person that they, maybe, you know, they just saw something wrong, to this person being, like, Oh, so Felix is an assassin and just got paid to kill someone. That's what happened, right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. what this was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh, like, oh no, that's for sure what happened now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, if Felix's identity is assassin, while it wasn't a secret <laughs> necessarily, definitely isn't now. Yep. Amazing. Uh, what is everybody else up to as you get up this morning? I think. Avery felt a little paranoid last night and went pouring over some of his notes again. Just like looking over all of the things that he's like, this can't fall into the hands of my father. And just like sat up maybe with Eldorus for a little bit, um, just silently pouring over his notes before eventually like falling asleep with them, like basically by his side. Mm-hmm. Like in a very protective stance with them. So in the morning probably like wakes up with his face like on one of his notebooks and like has to peel it off of his face and like gather himself. As you're waking up and, and you're, you know, peeling your face off your book and like one of the pages sticks to your face and goes, ah, you hear um, a little bit of rustling and... You know, it's the morning, the sun is coming through one of your windows, and you hear, just Eldoris humming to herself. And when you look over at her, somehow this bird has prepared tea. And, uh, there's a there's a couple of uh, it's kind of like a like a oatmeal loaf kind of thing like a sweet morning almost like a breakfast bar made out of oatmeal and she's she's put one out for you that she that she's kept away but she she wants you to have this morning because you stayed up so late and uh, she sees that you've woken up she says oh hello um I've I've made a spot of tea and um well, Doris you didn't have to do that. Uh, oh, um, uh, well, you see, I, um, I wanted to, and that's it. Well, thank you very much. Um, I, I, I take the, the tea and I sip it and dip some of the, the little breakfast bar into it. I offer half of it back to Eldorus. I don't need the whole thing. It's so lovely. I'll only take a quarter. I'm very small. <laughs> okay, so I split it again and give her a quarter. And then just generally kind of tidy up the room. And while I'm doing that, yeah, while I'm doing that, I'll just, I'll just look over at Eldorus and I'll say, what do you think's going to happen today? I don't know. I heard a little bit of, you know, bringing brought back. I heard a little bit of what you said happened last night. I don't know what's going to happen today. 
I know we're quickly approaching landfall. It feels like we don't have time to process anything before the next thing comes. Yeah. But, but it'll be okay. It's just constant. It is. Let's face the music, I guess. Let's face the music. And I'll, like, let Eldorus perch on, on my- I'll offer her my shoulder. And she absolutely takes that. Perfect. And I'll grab my satchel, put my books, and, yeah, head up towards, you know, wherever people are getting their breakfast and such. Amazing. I think Bren, from almost the entire, entire night after leaving on the bottom of the ship, has kind of sat uh, crisscross on top of the capstan on the, on the main deck, kind of staring off on the side. And I think with the flow of Bryn's breaths in and out, the capstan kind of is spinning and rocking back and forth. And as it does this, you just hear like the, the rattling and the pull and the crank of the chains of the anchor. While Bryn kind of sits there, eyes affixed on the side of the ship, looking off into the ocean. As you are looking off into the ocean, I think you hear the sounds of footsteps approaching from behind. Familiar uh, and cautious. Bryn, you hear Captain Hano's voice. Oh, Hano. Um, sorry, I've been a little lost at the... The waves are gorgeous this morning. Um, a bit brighter than usual. <laughs> that they are. That they are. You see that uh, she has also a cup of tea? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Uh, she has a cup of tea uh, and walks over to uh, the side, kind of leaning off, looking off into uh, the sea as you are. Um, on the other side of uh, the ship, like in the opposite direction that you all are looking in, um, is uh, the island. Uh, you all are basically here, right? You all are just off of the coast of it, probably like a couple hundred yards away, you know? A good distance from it, but like not not that far. As it's in the background of the shot, as the two of you are leaning over, looking off into the sea... Uh, she just kind of stands silently next to you, occasionally sipping tea, as uh, the sounds of other crew uh, uh, crewmates like getting up, you know, starting to to, to do their ro- uh, routines, checking uh, uh, checking the rigging and the ropes, um, you know, uh, checking materials and stuff. You know, they're about to go on land. Uh, we're gonna need stuff for that. You know, still also just kind of waiting to. Like, here, like, hey, what are we going to (laughs) do? Like, we're here now. What's the plan? Um, So really, as of this moment, they are just kind of in those early preparations of, uh, you know, of morning routines. And yeah, Hano's standing here next to you, thoughtfully, just staring off alongside you. Do you do anything? Hano, about the little disturbance last night. I didn't mean to cause you any trouble or worry you. I hope you understand. I assumed that it was not your intent to do that. No, I I don't. I don't believe that you all meant any harm. Uh, I do hope that you understand that I have many questions. Um, As do I, to be honest. mm -hmm. It seems that many of us on this ship, believe it or not, are quite troubled. Would we be pirates if we weren't? (sighs) I suppose not. I don't think many of us choose this life. It sort of happens to us. Better for worse, hmm. I'd say. Better for most cases. 
For those of whom it is a choice to be a pirate, I can only hope that they understand what it means to stand in the face of the world, to be the constant target of ire and condemnation from people you have never met, from people who do not know you, who assume uh, some kind of moral deficit purely because you chose to no longer play by the rules that they set. As you said, for many of us, it is not a choice. People already decided whether or not we fit in their society or not, so, you know. Unfortunately, I don't think most people understand that when they first enter a ship or they steal their first coin or what have you. But I think the more time they spend around those they care about and they build bonds and they see the strength the ship can have and they see how a good leader can bring them together. And like I think as Brinza the kind of nudges Hano, mm. they start to value it more and they want to defend it. When you have something you think is good or worth keeping, you tend to fight for it. I suppose so. Maybe we need to find this ship a good leader then. She says as she drinks some tea. I think as Hano says that, the floorboards and the railing that Hano's leaning on kind of shift for a second, causing her to stumble. And Bren goes, there's no use talking like that. A captain who doubts themselves tends to delay the decisions, and you know what that means. I understand it's difficult, and when you feel like you aren't fit for your people. But unfortunately, that's the burden you carry. And we all make hard decisions. Decisions people will disagree with, but ones you believe are just and fair. And I think you make those decisions well. And I think that most people, if they don't believe that, won't come on the ship after we reach land. You're probably right. And I wouldn't blame them if they did. You've been there before. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's no use stewing in it, dwelling in the darkness. Let's get things moving. Momentum always helps you. You aren't one for idly sitting by. Doesn't do your mind very good. And I think um, Bryn kind of like, as saying that, like kind of like points an index finger at uh, Hano's like forehead, and kind of pats it on the back and starts walking like towards like the where like the the crew's kind of gathering. You, uh, you're probably heading back up, uh, up towards the helm. Uh, that's usually where, like, you, Captain Hano, and Fontaneva stand when, you know, like, giving off announcements and that kind of thing. And uh, Hano takes it second before uh, finally uh, heading up and joining you as well. As everybody's starting to make their way uh, up to the ship, uh, Thorin, what are you doing uh, as you get up this morning? It's very, very early in the morning maybe before some of this other stuff has happened, but I'll, I'll quickly get us uh, back to our current timestamp. Thorin's been swimming. Ship has to move pretty slow at night as everyone's kind of... Thorin went out for a, a long, long swim, and he's he's just come up. His his legs are... Uh, they're like jello. He wishes he could have stayed longer, but he knows he has to keep moving forward. He puts on dry clothes, um, and with his hair still f- fairly sopping wet, he heads in the direction of Katarina and goes over to where her bunk is. Is, is she there? Uh, yeah. Uh, you see, early this morning, she is still 
getting ready to, you know, head up with everyone else. I think you are noticing that people are kind of giving her a bit of a wide berth uh, as they pass uh, by. Um, you know, not to say that she was always the most, like, you know, talkative person with, like, a bunch of friends or, or, or anything like that. But there's definitely a noticeable, like, people avoiding her as she kind of sits here alone. People kind of talking amongst themselves, putting their clothes on. And, like, you see eyes as uh, people look over their shoulders, whispers uh, amongst the ship, uh, that sort of deal. Thorin comes up to her while still giving her some space just so she's not spooked by him. And uh, he says, Good morning, lass. Not much for sleep last night, I bet. Nah, none of that. I've, uh, just a lot. Just a lot on my mind. I mean, you know. Yes. I, uh, you're one of mine. I, I remember when I first came on the ship and, uh, I was kind of... Hano kind of thrust me into a, oh, you know, you'll be, you'll be our mantelo, you know. So I took charge of the cannons, but, you know, you were, when I first saw you, I mean, you were just a great shot, brilliant, full of life. And I felt lucky to stand beside you. So when I say you're one of mine, what I mean is that, love, you've been put in a terrible situation. Things were done in ways that... I wish your privacy had maybe been protected a little better. But also, I need to ask you something right now. Uh, what's your name? Katarina? No less. We're gonna need to find you a new identity. Probably look into some magics that'll adjust your appearance. It'll, it won't be immediate, and right now, you can still be Katarina while you're on the ship. But I needed to come here and make sure that you know that even if this has gotten away with, even if we get away with this, rather, unless you're still in a lot of danger, and I want you to know that you have someone, I will help you. I have helped people change identities in the past in more ways than one. And if you need an ear, if you need help, you come knock on that broom closet any time you want. You see, this entire time, she's kind of been choking back a lot of emotion right now as she's just kind of like gritting her teeth and like nodding as you're speaking at the end of what he says he uh saying that you know he's he's there for her he kind of opens his arms kind of in inviting a hug if she wanted to she sits there she nods for a bit and then slowly you start to see the emotions begin to bubble over a little bit and she, like, stands up with a start and just, like, deep, deep hug. <laughs> kind of, like, burying her head into, like, the, the, the neck of your, the crook of your neck a little bit. And you can just, like, you, 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 you feel the wetness first. And then, like, you start to hear, like, the sobbing uh, as, like, she clenches the back of your shirt and, like, into, like, a tight grip and like she feels like she will never let go and Thorin holds her tight and says it's okay it's gonna be okay lass. we'll figure this out and uh once we've we've had that and you know there's kind of the you've had that emotional thing and you kind of stand back from each other and you go <sighs> well <sighs> fucking 
allergies, man. Uh, Weird. I, uh, who would have known you could... Who would have thought you could have allergies on a ship? There are no fucking plants around here. I... I Must be the I island. Must, Must be the be island. The island. Gosh, yeah. Maybe it's Johan's cooking with a different spice. I don't know. Ah, it could be that. I, I heard he was... Could be that. Using white pepper for the other one. His stuff gets in your eyes and your nose. All rotten. And it's all rotten. I'll it's see all to rotten. that. I, I, uh, I'm just gonna get uh, dressed real quick. I'll, uh, I'll see you up top. <clears throat> Absolutely. I'll be standing somewhere in the back if you uh, need somewhere to. Hey, uh, if, yeah, if I, uh, I see you, sure, yeah. All right, lass. Take care, love. You too, Thorin. Thorin turns tail and uh, hears Hano kind of doing the, all right, and you know, the rigmarole and everything, and we see Thorin kind of stop in. Uh, He's, he's left the room and everything, to, and uh, he's in kind of this corridor that's kind of this liminal space between where he just was and all the commotion and where it's going. And he takes a breath. He's, oh, okay. And he walks up confidently and says, Hey, lads, lasses, good morning. How are we doing? Ah, uh, Thorin, you're getting all of these, uh, yeah, like... yeah. Back pats and, and handshakes, fist bumps on the whole nine yards as uh, everyone is up here and pre- preparing for the thing. Captain Hano is standing up on the uh, 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 up by the railing with Bryn and uh, Fontaneva by her side uh, as everyone is finally filing in, uh, getting ready for the morning announcements. All right, everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I know yesterday was a lot. Um, bit of a commotion last night. Had to, things were being taken care of. I know there's a lot of talk about holes opening up on the ship, heads, all of this stuff. I understand. It's a lot of strange magical things happening but that is because we are going after a strange and magical treasure which is right over there and points off to the island uh <laughs> fontaneva gives like a kind of like weak clap <laughs> she, like, and and tries <laughs> to as well to kind of uh give encourage me everyone Give me just like a polish roll really quick to see if you can get okay. every if you can uh if you can get uh everybody clapping or at least more people clapping. Nine. Okay, yeah. It's not Actually, I have rank with Hano. So oh, yeah. ten. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can spend that rank easily. Yeah. You you start up the clap and you hear other people are like, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, we're almost yeah, okay. done. Woo, we're close. We're getting there. And Hano like takes the rush of that applause and like feeds into that. Like, yes, exactly. Everyone, I know it has been a long, long road to get here. We've been through so much. We fought the Navy. We fought the Painted Fleet. We fought the Navy again. We fought a giant sea monster. And we made it here with this. Holding up the black coin again. The key to the treasure. An ancient treasure. Something that hasn't been touched in centuries. Since before the war, the reign of monsters, everyone, we're close. And it's right there. And Bryn, 
as Hano points over to towards the island, you get this sense, almost like a wave moving through you. This deep oh. emanating from the island. As you kind of turn and attune your senses to that kind of very bellowing hum, it's familiar in a way. Oh. It's something you probably haven't felt in a long time. It's not ominous or heavy in the same way that when you were feeling the waves from the music of the Navy ship that was chasing you all. It's the warm bellowing of a driftwood glade, an area where back, back when you were a child, living amongst your people. It's where they grew driftwood trees. It's a, a specific place where the concentration of meteorite dust in the very soil of the earth is dense enough to be able to grow these trees that are so deeply connected to this world and the sky and the world below. Okay. Do you react to that? I think for a moment, and if anyone's looking, as Bryn like stares off into this island and feels that sensation, if anyone's looking for a moment, they can see that same form Bryn had whenever her body blended in with the night sky and she looked like a field of stars. That form, but much, much more translucent, barely visible to the, the human eye. It's almost as though it steps out of Bryn's form, a few steps behind Bryn, and it stays there hovering for a moment while Bryn's eyes are transfixed on this island. Hano continues. So, now that we're here, here's the plan. We're gonna get a group of people. We're gonna go out. We're gonna find where this little key will lead us, what doors it will unlock, what treasures we can find there. Bring that bad boy back. While I think we should probably have uh, one or two crews go out, uh, there's a lot of trees. And as like you're turning, the, so the, the island that you all are near, you all are still kind of like decently far enough away from it. But uh, from the point in which you are approaching the island, there is this kind of inlet that leads into a kind of shallow bay area where uh, you all can kind of enter the main part of this island because the edges of it are these like kind of high rocky cliffs with like kind of uh, like a stark yellowish green grasses and trees growing on top of it. It'd be kind of hard to like scale those cliffs just because of how high and how difficult that terrain looks. But there's a very easy like inlet where you all go in and like there's like this kind of beachy area that leads further into the kind of rocky, almost foresty uh, space of the mount, uh, of the island further inwards. And Hano goes, we could probably get one or two crews. We can get some tree chopping done. Possibly we can find some wood out here, either for use of, you know, uh, 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 turning to uh, Uthorn for whatever repairs we could possibly need on the ship. Or honestly, we could just use wood. Wood's good. Uh, and, you know, uh, idle hands are the devil's tool. So, you know, uh, use this as a chance to 
keep yourselves busy. I know that we've been on ship a lot. And honestly, I just, I would like for you all to be able to walk around, get some exercise in. You know, uh, we've been through a lot. Use this as a chance to kind of take some time for yourself. And sure enough, uh, we'll have treasure by the end of the, the day. We'll uh, probably head on off. Uh, probably we shouldn't stay towards uh, Espanora. We'll head back down south uh, towards Ziegenland, see if we can figure out what the thing is and find a buyer from there. Does anyone have any questions? Nope. No one? All right. Good. Sorry, uh, what is the general vibe of like the ship right now? Like the rest of the people. Like, oh, it's like if I just take a vibe check real quick after all that info. Uh, ooh. Oh, would you like to size up the crew? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let that happen. When you size them up, roll plus vinegar. That is a 10. On a 10, uh, you get to hold two. Uh, and you can ask two questions from uh, that size up. The list. Or list. Yeah. I guess the first question is, how are you actually feeling? Whew. The <laughs> vibes aren't great. Uh, it's very <laughs> tense. You've probably been, like, getting a sense of the vibe, like, all morning as you've, like, gotten up, gone to get breakfast, you know, just heard whispers, people talking, you know, the pre-meeting uh, kind of chats that were happening, like, not too long ago. Uh, you get a sense that, like... A lot of people here are tired, confused, and exhausted of being tired and confused. There is still not, like, a clear thing that is happening, you know? Like, there's, like, okay, yeah, we're going to be here. We're getting yeah, the treasure. Yeah, it's like, oh, people, we're going to get the thing. People still don't know what that thing is. They don't yeah. know if it's valuable. They don't know if it's useful. And, oh, hey, look, we've gotten to another place where Hano's going to get her inner circle to go do something and then we've been given grunt work uh to go to go ah we're chopping trees okay <laughs> cool uh cool. things don't feel great yeah. uh, vi vi vibes aren't great um it, you don't get the sense of like they're about to mutiny that you don't get the sense of that but you definitely get the sense of a lot of people are tired. A lot of people are exhausted. A lot of people are just are like, yeah, let's get this fucking over with so we can get to whatever port we're going. And I will make my decision there if I come back onto the ship or not. Okay. Mm How could I get them to trust this process? Ooh. I think you think, like, the thing that they want, right? The thing that they want more than anything is, like, assurance, and like, but that assurance can't come from like Hano's word at this point because like, what does that mean anymore? You know, mm -hmm. they need something physical, something tangible to be like, this was worth it. This was worth all of the work that I put into it. This was worth fighting the Navy. This was worth, you know, all of this bullshit. They just, they need something tangible and physical to justify their reasoning of being here. Because like, if they come out of this and like, there was treasure and like they they're on the come up and like, you know, you all like find a buyer and like this goes really good for everyone. Then like, yeah, OK, cool. It was worth it. Great. Thank you, Hano. But like right now, it doesn't seem like that is what the outcome of this is going to be. Gotcha. So like they they just need they need tangible proof that this is actually worth the trouble that they're putting into it. OK, I will just pocket that going forward. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
All right, uh, then Thorin, Avery, Lady Bryn, Fontaneva, and Felix. Uh, all of you, come on up here. We're gonna talk about this and uh, figure out what the gameplay Bye, is. Bye, Captain. And everybody kind of disperses, starts doing their thing, and all of you make it up uh, to uh, top to, to talk with Hanno um, and Fontaneva. She goes, all right, this is it. Last push. Captain, how can I support you? Well, um, the big thing is we need to find out exactly where this vault is. Uh, according to stories that I've heard, it's probably somewhere central to it. Um, central uh, on the island, perhaps around the mountain. I, I imagine it's... It's been described as a cave or a hole. Yeah. It's, uh, I feel like a mountain's a pretty good bet as far as figuring that out. Um, yeah, my, my, that's, that's as far as I've gotten on that. I don't know what we're going to find there. Understood. I, uh, I remember what you said from our conversation on the beach. I um, will take it in stride, whatever awaits us. Fine. All right. And we, we hear that. Oh, hello, Thorin. Uh, Eldor, did you sleep okay? Um, yeah. I I love you. I, I love you too, Eldors. And they just have a little nod moment as uh, Eldor stays on Avery's. The, uh, what, the reason that I do this, uh, just for the audience, there is a moment between the two of them that is this knowing glance. And um, that was them looking out for one another. Mm -hmm. Avery obviously kind of like offers... To Eldorus to, you know, just like motion to his shoulder, like, you're free to go back to Thorin. Like, you don't have to stick with me kind of thing. But is not going to, you know, yeah, make you do anything you don't want to. Yeah, she, uh, she says, yeah, I think that might be a good idea, Avery. Um, I'll be right nearby, of course. You take care of yourself right now, okay? You too, Eldorus. Okay. And she hops over to Thorin and uh, they kind of lean their heads into one another once she's on his shoulder. All right. Because I don't know what we're going to find, I feel like, I know this has kind of been the crew, but I feel like this is still pretty good. The crew, Avery, if uh, I, you're a man of books and a man of knowledge, you've been pretty good at solving these riddles and the stuff. Uh, I, Sorry, I'm trying to find a way not to say that you are only valuable because of your knowledge and that you read books. Um, I understand what my role is in this group. Okay, we, cool. We all have our strong suits. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. I will do what, what's necessary. Ah, thank you. Felix, pretty good at killing things. I hope you will continue to, to be that towards our enemies if there are any. I think maybe for the first time... I think Felix looks looks slightly uncomfortable at that. Um, I don't think he says anything, but... Yeah, I don't think Hanno clocks yeah. it. Yeah. I think Thorin might. Can I roll to see if Thorin clocks that? I mean, we can just say you do. Okay, cool. Yeah. Can I clock it too? I'm, I'm trying to yeah, see no. what I think, people are doing. I think We're trying right, to be better friends. Yeah, yeah I right? think right now... <laughs> I think right now all of you are probably more in tune with each other than you've ever been before. And like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bryn, I guess I would offer if you would like to come with us. Uh, we've, I know we've kind of taken the ship all sorts of ways to 
to get here. I, I, I don't know if you have any interest in coming with us to our final destination. Or not final. We will not be dying. There is no dying. I mean, final as in this is the last stop on this adventure for this particular thing. Thorn can't help but laugh at that. <laughs> He's like, no dying. No one is allowed to die, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Please, promise me that. Captain's orders, no dying. We have plenty of wood to knock on. You know, no one dies. All right. No one dies. No one dies. We all make it back alive. I don't think Bren really has reacted to many people talking yet, let alone Hano, and like kind of just notices that they're supposed to be being talked to right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like that subtle, very, very faint, like faint astral form like gets ripped back into Bren's form, and Bren kind of comes to life a little bit. Um. Yes, um, Avery's books, of course. Um, they'd be quite valuable to bring with all of us aboard uh, the island. Yeah. Um, when Brynne, are we? Uh, uh, Bryn, are when you are we o- leaving? Okay. Hey, Bryn, are you okay? I'm not sure, but um, the mind can be a, a fickle things at times. So being sure isn't something I'm quite accustomed to. So I think okay. nothing uh, of alarm yet. Right. Yeah. Keep us informed. If there's anything we can do to support you, let us know. Yeah, just you were staring off at the island. Sorry, I didn't. I'm excited to, um, you know, it's been a bit cramped aboard the vessel. It's been quite some time, so been ashore. I mean, yourselves have had the time last time, and I kind of stayed here. It could do me good, I think. Um, Of course, sorry, Um, bit of a roundabout in my words today. Of course, yeah, I'd love to accompany you all. Excellent. Is Bryn, like, hiding something from us? Or, like, lying to us in this exchange? I think it is more of a doesn't understand exactly what they're feeling and is like, I think I need to wait until I understand my emotions and what I'm exactly experiencing before I bring it up. Okay. Could I, like, could I size Bryn up? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, if you want to, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, uh, when you size someone up, roll plus vinegar. And I understand that Bryn herself is confused. Wow, these dice are great. That's an 11. All right, you get to hold, and you get to ask two of those questions. An 11? You can't hide anything from this boy. How are you actually feeling, Bryn? Um, I think when you ask that... I mean, because, like, obviously this is, like, not, like, this is more of, like, a you're trying to understand. You're not, like, asking the yeah. question, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that when you ask that, for a brief moment, you feel that same aura from the island. Mm, yes. It, uh, and I don't think it is as, like, as familiar to you as Bryn, but you just feel that presence. Yeah. Avery, what I think you feel is you feel that same kind of wave wash over you. This kind of warm, bellowing hum that washes out from the island towards you. And I think it's not familiar in the same way that it's familiar to Bryn. It's familiar to you in a different way. Familiar to you in a way where you felt this kind of presence before is similar presence all those years ago in the dining hall of your estate as your brother stood up 
interrupted dinner and told this story. That same kind of presence that he had then and there, that confidence, that almost sudden change in perspective and purpose, that presence is what you are feeling when this wave washes over you. Something you hadn't truly felt in a long time. It is different than the hum. It is the hum, but it feels different. It doesn't feel like the ambient hum that you feel from all around. It's like the difference of uh, like being outside of a place that is playing music, uh, where you can like hear it in the background. You can feel the like the shaking and the rumbling of the bass from the speakers inside as they like reverberate out uh, uh, and spill out of uh, of the building that they are in, and being in a room in your own home that you've got some speakers set up and like are playing like jazz on like over your speakers and like a carefully curated experience where if someone were standing outside, they'd be having that. But it's it the ambience that you feel from every other place feels like you're standing outside of the club. This feels like you are listening to loud music in the comfort of your own home. Mm. And and I can pinpoint that that's coming from the general direction of the island. Yes, it is coming out in waves from the direction of the island. Gotcha. Then I'll follow that up with what is Bryn's goal here? Upon questioning that and kind of like observing Bryn, for a moment, the world goes black. And around you, you see two bright glowing spheres open like they're looking down on you and observing your every movement. You can feel them not only touching your surface, but like your insides. You can you feel like every part of you is being examined. Um, and your mind feels, your, like your skull and your head and your thoughts feel warm. And you see hundreds of more pairs of these eyes open up around you, and you recognize them all to be Bryn's gaze. And you see... In these pages is reflected all the writings inside of your books. Uh, In each side of each of the glowing orbs, you see different pages and scrawlings you have on the inside of your book. And your thoughts and mind begin to feel searing hot for a moment. And you return back to the ship, just looking at Bryn. To answer your question, Bryn wants to know everything that you know. Mm, Damn. Wild. Well, get in line. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Everybody wants to know what Avery knows. Apparently. The boy with the answers. To be fair, you have like the god emperor or like one of like the right hand man to the god emperor. Not the like, god emperor, The just the empress. Just... Just an empress. I mean, like, I feel like the... It's like the, vizier, like the vizier of the vizier of... It's like worm uh, tongue. Like the worm tongue equivalent, like, yeah. wants wants your book. Like, one of, like, the most, like, powerful people in the world <laughs> yeah. wants Def- your book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why? Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. like, I thought Avery was just doing a fun little, like, science project, but, uh... <laughs> like, and, like, and I think, I think like, all the conversations we had before are, like, getting recontextualized. And I think Bryn, I think Bryn is kind of like, oh, you were conning me. Oh. Like, oh, like, 
you knew everything all along and you're playing stupid to oh. try and like to try and befriend me. Oh no. Interesting. Ooh, okay. Spicy. All right. Cool, that's fine. I just wanted to clock all of that on the side as we continue. Uh, as that moment passes, Hano goes, okay, well, uh, Bryn, if um, you were willing to join us, uh, um, you can decide on what um, anchor you'll be using. And uh, how about we all meet in 10, 15, uh, get all of our stuff ready, and we can uh, can do the damn thing. Uh, one more thing, Captain. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she'd want to come, uh, but would you mind if I invited Katarina? Uh, you see her eyes kind of go wide for a second as she just kind of quickly looks around towards Felix and then back. Yeah, um, if if she wants to come, I, I would... Uh, it's only more... if she wants to. Yeah, 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 if she wants to come, though. She may be feeling kind of isolated and I just want to give her options. Good thought, yes. Okay, yeah. Okay, thank you, uh, Captain. Sounds good. All right. I'll see you all in 15. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to wander over towards, like, the edge of the deck and just kind of look out towards the island and, and like, reach out for that hum again to see, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it just the whole island? Like, do I, does it seem to be coming from somewhere on the island? Or is it, like, yeah, and, like, why do I You are feeling this wave after wave of this warm, bellowing hum. Feeling it out from the island. And uh, could you give me a a Spitfire roll for me? Sure. That's a five. Okay. (laughs) Okay, well, first of all, uh, you get some experience, so there's that. With that failure... Mm-hmm. I think as you are feeling that wave and you are reaching out, trying like you did yesterday alongside Bryn, focusing your hum, trying to quiet all other things, all other reverberations, all other potentials other than this. And as you feel it wash over you and your focus grows again, the hum becomes a lot more than just this feeling, this wave that's hitting you. It becomes sound. The sound of a church bell. Washing over you again and again and again. Does it feel significantly different from, you know, other church bells? Is it like... Oh, yes. Yeah. The way that the waves of it hits you, the way the sound hits you, fills you with this dread, this deep, overbearing feeling. Avery, Mm -hmm. as the sound of this bell washes over you again and again, the only thing your mind can fixate on in this moment, and it's like, it's a thought that just comes out of nowhere, but like as soon as it's there, you like almost can't shake it. It's like, it's powerful in its grip on you. Because Avery, one day you're going to die, you know? It happens to everyone. It could happen at any time. Mm-hmm. Hell, on this trip alone, you've watched who knows how many people just 
gone, dead, you know? It could happen at any moment. It comes for all of us. And it is cold, it is uncaring of status, of gender and creed, of nationality. Everyone dies, and you will die too, probably sooner than most, because you're here, right? Because you're on a ship with a bunch of pirates who, for the most part, have accepted that their lives will be constantly filled with danger as they're hunted by the law, a law in which, you know, your brothers uh, uphold, your father upholds, and while the fact that you're here, they probably wouldn't care that you die, right? It's fine, right? That you die. Yeah, I'm just the fifth son. You're just and the fifth son. I'll die. And You'll die. Yeah. Okay. As I feel that like sense washing over me and that that thought just like grip me in a way I haven't been gripped in a while and just fall into that deep cycle of a downward spiral of I'm going to die. It's going to happen. There's nothing I can do and I'll die and no one will care and there's nothing I can do. I, I just like kind of stare blankly out at, at that island and yeah. like grip the railing, trying to like master it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give you a weakness. This is not one that is on your list. This is one that I'm making up right now. Um, okay. This week, uh, this weakness okay. is going to be called uh, melancholic. Uh, you will not be able to uh, spend bond uh, to add to your roles or anyone else's roles until this is cleared. The clear condition for this is to have a heart-to-heart -heart with someone about your fear of death. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I'll just, I'll just, uh, just hold that one in. Mm -hmm. Try to put on a brave face as we go and get ready to go on the island. 15 minutes pass. You all get your stuff. Thorne, you were able to get Katarina. Katarina agrees to come with you all. She wants to? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she agrees. Okay. Uh, you all meet up uh, here. They have prepared you all a little uh, a little rowboat uh, for you all to get on and row uh, up to the island. Hano makes plans with some of the uh, with some of the other crew members. Uh, she's gotten uh, two groups uh, together of like four or five people each uh, who will follow after all of you uh, to go out and do some wood collecting, spend some time on the island, kind of search around that kind of deal. You all get uh, into the rowboats, are lowered into the water, and head out towards the island. It's not a long ride. I imagine it's a fairly quiet one. Um, eventually, you all make it uh, into, this, uh, into this shallow bay area uh, where there is a, uh, like a pretty small beach uh, on the inside of it where um, it's just like... <sighs> maybe like 30, 40 yards of sand leading up to uh, a higher elevation, kind of hilly, rocky area, and then forests past that. Um, you all beach, uh, make land, start hopping out. Can I get each of you to roll me just 2d6? Uh, just flat roll, all of you. Eight. Six. Ten. Oh, fuck. That's a two. Okay, cool. Uh, Thorin, you're also the person I thought would notice this, so this kind of works out. Um, as you all are getting out of the uh, rowboats and uh, onto the beach, Thorin, you notice tracks in the beach. Markings. 
you all are not the first boats here in who knows um, an amount of time, right? Um, probably fairly recent, if not the past day, maybe the past couple of days. There are about two or three other but like rowboats about the size of yours that were here. And you also notice the very distinct tracks of someone covering their tracks and sweeping uh, the beach behind them uh, to uh, try to uh, cover their tracks, but it did not. Your keen, uh, experienced eyes kind of make note of it. Can I tell anyone? Obviously, I wanted. Yeah, you can tell people. Yeah, yeah this is just the thing you notice. Uh, it's like the fr- you all get out of the boats and then you immediately go, hmm, 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 ah, this ain't right. Someone else been here. Nasty, yeah. Thorin kind of pulls Hano as says, Hano, yeah. before we set up, can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you see my line of sight here? You follow my gaze. Yeah, she kind of like gets closer to your to, to your hand and like, yeah. Yeah, and look down. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Um, and she starts like looking around the rest of the beach. We don't see any ships on the water, do we? Not anywhere near. Mm-hmm. I don't see any ships on the water. I don't know if that means that people have come and gone, if someone got dropped off. Mm. I'm letting you know now that I have a bad feeling. As do I. But you know what this does mean. Mm. Whatever it is is valuable. And she smiles. Otto. Well, there's nothing more valuable to me than the people getting out of that boat. Understood. All right. Um... We can go relay all of this. We need to make sure everybody's... We can't be talking when we're going in. We'll have to be quiet. Agreed. Um, I'd like to send Eldors back to the ship to inform the ship that there could be something. And also, if Eldors sees something coming, I want her to be... I'm going to scout out. (laughs) Yes, Eldor, you're going to scout out. Be safe, Thorin. I'll go let Yo know, and Yo will let the crew know to keep a sharp eye. I'll perch myself in the crow's nest, and if anything comes, I will come after you. Thank you, Eldor. And he, you know, kind of lifts her off into the air, and she flies away. But before she does, she looks back, she says, Be safe, everyone, okay? Okay, Eldorus. I just want to say, did Thorin just casually drop uh, a the real treasure was the friends we made along the way? <laughs> I think a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. Here's the thing. That's Thorin's mode day one. Thorin has already learned this lesson. Uh, so yeah. it's just kind of ingrained to everything that he does. No, I think it's incredible and like just heartwarming. It's wonderful. Yeah. So Eldoras uh, circles back to the ship, perches herself up. Um, do with that as you will, Kendrick. Perfect. That's just what Thorne would do in this situation, whether anything comes of it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, all right, let's go relay everything to the to the rest of us. Okay, everybody, huddle up really quick, real quick. Huddle up, huddle up. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, good, good, good. <clears throat> Now I don't want to alarm anyone. Comforting words to start with. Yes. We're not the only ones here. Potentially. We're not the only ones here. Potentially. Tracks on the beach. A few sets. Someone's been here in the past couple of days, if not, you know, in the past day. Unsure. (laughs) They covered their tracks. 
That's what concerns me. I'd be less concerned if there were just tracks, but the fact that there's somebody who tried to cover theirs, albeit poorly, uh, is what's concerning me. Or, if you don't mind me, Captain, sorry, I didn't mean to speak over you. No, 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 you're right, you're right. The fact that they've covered their tracks is definitely indicative of some kind of subterfuge in one way or another, whether that be for us, whether that be for someone else, or if that's just them, you know, trying to hide. The fact that it's this specific island is a little bit curious. It could just be, you know, you know, this is just an island off of here. Maybe some, you know, rich kids come here, hang out, whatever. But we should keep our eyes up and voices low. Yes. Keep our eyes up, voices low. If we can, we'll try to take a path that is looks to be less traveled. Um, it may mean that things are a little bit more branchy, they're a little bit more uncomfortable going through, but if it saves us running into some trouble, then it'll be worth it. Right. Our current goal is to uh, make it towards the mountain uh, in the center of the island. Uh, that's probably my best guess for where we'll find the cave that supposedly this vault is dug into. So... <sighs> We know our direction. Let's just head for it. Anybody have any questions, reservations before we move forward? Once we are in the forest, there will probably be very little chance of just turning around and making it out with ease. Once we're in it, we're in it. This is our last chance to turn back. Yes, if, if anyone's seeing tracks, knowing that this information wants to go back, that is perfectly fine. Nobody has to... I want to make sure before we do this that nobody is here that doesn't want to be as much as I think that is a kind proposition to give, I think we all know it's meant for us to be here together. <sighs> is everyone comfortable continuing, Kat? Oh, uh, I, I, uh, okay. I'm ready. We made it this far. Okay, love. Hano looks to Avery and Felix. We die, we die. That's what Avery's going to say. A bit morbid, uh, but accurate, I guess. Let's try again not to die. That thing we talked about earlier. Uh, hearing Avery say that anxiety shudders through Thorin like a lightning bolt down his spine. Oh no, would you like to take point? I can take the rear so I can kind of see out in front of us. I want to say as Bren starts taking a, a step towards the island, I think that there is like a, that, that feeling that felt before, that moment where Bren felt like she couldn't look away and couldn't take her mind off of this one point and kept ruminating on it. Bryn steps outside of herself once more, um, looking into the woods and feeling that, that deep sort of sensation in the back of her skull. I'm gonna roll Twist Fate. Okay, go for it. Spin that luck. Damn. What'd you get? I got dual ones, my friend. That's Ooh, your plaything. Yes, it is, baby. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get an experience point, so that's great. But on a miss, the fates get to choose one and I get to answer its question. Who 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 you take a step outside of yourself, looking out into uh the woods, trying to get a better sense of what's going on here on various planes. And again, you feel that warm, bellowing wave wash over you. And 
and I think you hear like or you, it's kind of hard to tell, right? If you feel this thing or hear this thing far, far off in the direction of the mountain where you hear very distant. Sister, you've made it. Come, come here. Follow my voice. I think in kind of a hushed tone, Bren says quietly aloud, of course, sister. And as you all begin to make your way up this beach and into the forest, our camera stays here on the beach, slowly moving in as you all disappear past the trees. And the question I chose was, you notice something overlooked in this area that might help you. What is it? And I think the thing here is that it is overlooked. You miss this thing. You don't notice it, but our camera sees moving out of the trees, figures with eyes watching your every movement. And we see the shimmer of blue and silver in the light and the soft rattling of ethereal chains. Rainbow Roll Network. Rainbow Roll. Our stories are our voices.